Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's movies are The Giant Claw from 1957 and The Winged Serpent from 1982. You've come a long way, baby. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. I've been up to the aquarium for a while. I love the aquarium up there. It's nice. I was talking to somebody at work about it today, and they were like, yeah, that aquarium kind of sucks. And I was like, really? I was like... I. I think it's one of the best aquariums I've ever seen in like my life. It's big. The shed's big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be like, you, you suck. And they'd be like, what? I mean, ever since they quit letting you shock dolphins with cattle prods to get them to do tricks, they're all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't bring that up. This just makes me sad. <laughs> it, it, is, it is all awful. It's all awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Solid, think, solid rule of uh, no mammal, sea mammals in captivity is probably good. Yeah, do they still? I think they still got beluga whales up there. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know, I know they've actually passed some laws and stuff now where they're all getting phased out. Yeah, yeah. Canada, I think, just passed a sweeping like nationwide law that you just can't have whales in captivity anymore. I think uh, I think even SeaWorld has gotten rid of all theirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder how SeaWorld's doing. Actually, you know what the crazy thing is? One of my brothers went not too long ago, and he said it's better. Really? Well, apparently they got rid of all those types of things, and they just mm-hmm. poured all their money into like rides and attractions and stuff. Wow. And that now it's just a sick-ass theme park with fish. Hmm. Interesting. I've only ever been once, and it was a long time ago. But yeah. well, good for SeaWorld, motherfuckers. <laughs> Tor- torturing a killer whale to death, basically. Yeah, and then getting mad when the whale eats somebody. <laughs> it's like, what did you think was going to happen? I mean, if I was that whale, every time they they were like doing the trick, they were like, you know, oh, I'm going to pet his tongue and. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, literally, the, the word killer is in his first name. He's a killer whale. What did you expect? Right. You've seen the movie. <laughs> Orca, it's like Jaws, only not. Only, only, yeah, the whale fetus just plops down onto the deck of the boat. <laughs> Gross. Good times. All right. Well, unfortunately, Doug's not here. So nobody's going to be here to yell at Noah, but we do have a voicemail later that maybe can solve that problem. Right. Doug's on Canadian vacation, which he sent Mm -hmm. us a picture and like Canadian vacation just looks like what I assume Canadian weekday looks like. (laughs) Yeah, but there's not snow on the ground. Oh, that's true. I think we're, I think we're in the warm month. Yeah. I always figured Canada was just like the Arctic. Like, I figured John Carpenter's The Thing just took place in Canada. Right. Although that picture he sent, for some reason, I don't know if it's the filter he put on it. It does look like it's jacket weather for some reason. Ah, the best weather. No. I'm, I am a, a firm anti-cold person. I like... I, I would rather it be scorching, death hot outside than even be slightly cold. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You can always put a jacket on. You can only lose so many layers before you either get arrested or run out of layers. 
I don't know. See, but if you're cold, like, well, if you're hot, you can cool off real fast. But if you're cold, like, even if you go somewhere warm, you're still cold for two hours trying to warm your body back up. I don't know. I just feel like cold. Cold makes me miserable. I, I hate it. I hate it in every way. Yeah. I'm a nice, like, 70 degrees type. 70 degrees, perfectly happy. Speaking speaking of sitting out in some chilly weather, they still haven't announced any movies for the old uh, the old Midway. No, but they uh, they announced them last year at the flashback, like at the at the convention, and that's coming up in two or three weeks. Are we still uh, are we still talking about trying to do the uh, the B and B thing? Oh, I don't know. Was that was that the thing we talked about? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody remembers anything. Uh, I don't remember shit, apparently. Me, you, and Tony Walsh, and... Uh, uh, oh, for the drive A couple other people. Yeah, we're talking about yeah. getting uh, seeing if there's an Airbnb by there, so we didn't have oh, to, wow. like, do, you know, drive, watch movies, be dead tired, and drive back. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to look. Yeah. I, think, I think we should get a turkey fryer and just, like, 25 pounds of chicken wings. Just chicken wings crazy. Stash them, stash them in a foil-lined cooler. <laughs> Just show up to the drive-through <laughs> with an igloo cooler filled with chicken wings. Yeah, flashback is August second through the fourth, so that'll be coming up here in a couple weeks. So I'm sure the Dust Till Dawn Horror Night will be announced probably right after that. I need them to to spread out the horror conventions I'd like to go to. Cause I feel like they all end up landing August, September and October. Like all of them are right there. Hmm. And I can't, I can't afford that shit. I can't be driving up and down to Chicago. Well, I think, uh, days of the dead does one in June, June ish. That's true. I don't think I've ever been, I've never been to days of the dead. Right. Brent tried to get me to go to Walker Stalker one year, and then I looked at the prices of stuff, and I was like, "Fuck you, <laughs> fuck, fuck everyone involved with that con. That's ridiculous." Yeah. Like it had shit like two hundred dollar autographs and stuff on there. I was yeah. like, "I wouldn't pay. I would not pay two hundred dollars for the the fucking zombified remains of Jesus Christ to autograph something." <laughs> yeah, there was an Indianapolis Days of the Dead. Uh, last weekend, and then the next one close to us is Chicago, which is the end of November. Ooh, end of November might be good. Maybe. Okay. Depends on how much money I spend on vacation. Like, I think it's the weekend before Thanksgiving? Yeah. Weekend before Thanksgiving. I know Char likes the paranormal conventions, and there's a few good ones at that during the winter time. So isn't there one in Champagne? I think so. We were supposed to do something for it for Drunken Zombie, and it was right towards the tail end of Drunken Zombie, so we just blew it off because we didn't have shit to promote. True that. <laughs> All right. Well, what did we decide to watch this week? Two uh, fine creature movies? Yeah, killer, killer things from the sky. Uh, which one do you want to synopsize? Either one. You pick. You pick. Throw it at me. Um... Well, synopsis is a giant claw, uh, because <laughs> this movie is kind of ridiculous. Uh, so, of course, 1950s, um, some pilot who's not even really a pilot. Is that engineer? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like an electrical engineer. For some reason, is helping these uh, scientists and this lady mathematician, which I'm sure was shocking for the 50s. Uh, do some tests on radar or some nonsense that really doesn't matter. And while he's flying, he uh, sees something fly by, just calls it a UFO. And then uh, throughout the movie, we find out it's a giant bird, turkey-looking <laughs> weirdo puppet thing. Like I know this is gonna be uh, ableist and slightly offensive, but it looks like a fucking turkey vulture with Down syndrome. <laughs> and it's the derpiest monster I've ever seen in a movie. Every yeah. time its face pops up, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so everybody's confused because it does not show up on radar. So everybody thinks he's just like pulling a prank or some nonsense. And then, uh, so they don't believe him and they're kind of even pissed at him. Like, we're just going to send you home. Fuck you for your shenanigans. And he's like, I swear I saw something. Uh, but then it slowly just starts attacking random shit all over the, all over the place. And, uh, so then of course they believe him and he comes up with some, some weird, uh, scientific mumbo jumbo that they can, uh, shoot this bomb thing at it. And it will, I don't know. Cause apparently it produces like a sonic screech, which is what keeps missiles from hitting it. And also yep. kind of what blocks it from radar. No, it's got a antimatter uh, force field. That's what it is. For some reason. Yeah. And they decide uh, it's extraterrestrial. So it's from a different, it's from outer space or some nonsense. Yep. Giant, giant space bird. Um, so yeah. So they decide to do this and then uh, try to shoot it out of the sky. And uh, it's the 1950s. So of course, that's exactly what they end up doing. So what do we think of the giant claw? Uh, so that mo- the movie's about an hour and 12 minutes, I think, mm-hmm. is the runtime on it. Yeah. And that feels long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a short movie. And because of the way it's shot and the way the, uh, the narration overlay kind of pops up throughout it, it plays like like a shitty episode of The Twilight Zone, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, this is Bob, an electrical engineer, flying around in a plane when everything changes. <laughs> yeah, the narration was horrible. You could tell that they're just like, "Look, our audience is really stupid. They need someone to explain this shit to them." Right. So uh, they got like the worst voiceover guy ever. Yeah, monsters, monsters, derpy. Uh, it's. It's cheesy, and it's cheesy even on the scale of you already <laughs> assuming it's a 1950s monster movie. <laughs> Which, I mean, that should be a slap to the face of the director. That is a big insult to say, yeah, this is this is cheesy even compared to, to the beast from <laughs> 20,000 feet or whatever. <laughs> the hula skirt with eyes, that's a better monster. <laughs> I was going to say, when they don't actually show the monster, it's not terrible. But anytime you get the full effect of the monster, it just comes off pretty horribly. Yeah, I thought the only the only scene that was effective whatsoever as far as a horror movie is the scene where they're, uh, they're flying in a group of people. I can't even remember what they're flying them in for, but it attacks the plane and they all jump out with parachutes and oh, it starts yeah. picking off the guys <laughs> parachuting down. I was like, okay, yeah, that's actually kind of like <laughs> terrifying. Could you imagine like falling slowly and be like, well, I could just cut this and die or I could wait and be swallowed by this giant derpy ass vulture. Derpy vulture. Oh my God. The derpiest vulture. <laughs> But, I mean, besides that, there aren't a lot of complaints. I mean, the acting is 1950s acting. Mm-hmm. The the set pieces are 1950s set pieces. It's pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Including the uh, unintentional sexual harassment. Jesus. Of when they're flying on the plane and the, the lady is sleeping and the guy is like, well, now is obviously a good time to just kiss her for no reason. I mean, there was more than one, too, because there's also the part where uh, at the very beginning, they're talking about how he's uh, basically they're like, God damn it. He's an engineer and he's acting like a hotshot pilot. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she goes, oh, well, he could use a spanking. And all of a sudden you hear his voice over the intercom be like, "Ooh, baby, it's <laughs> go time. I was like, you know what? That's actually a little racy for a 1950s joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh... One of the thing, one of the things I was impressed with, because she's a mathematician, and uh, so I was sitting there watching it, and yeah, he like kisses her while she's sleeping, and that that whole shit's like 
horrible, but I'm like, it's the 50s, so I don't know. They thought that was a way to get them together or something stupid. I was like, but at least she's like a mathematician. She's like a professional, and they don't just have her getting like coffee and shit. And then towards the end of the film, when they're working on this bomb, the men are working on it, and she walks up, and she's like, oh, coffee and sandwiches, and sets them all down, and I'm just like, oh, fuck. Ah, the 1950s. (laughs) They were bad. (laughs) Economy good. Everything else bad. (laughs) Uh, It's like, you're obviously the woman. Why don't you go get us some coffee and sandwiches? I was going to say, that scene, the, 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 uh, the rape kiss scene... It drags on a little while, too. It just keeps mm-hmm. going. Yeah, wakes her up by kissing her, and then they have a little conversation. Then he goes in again, and she sort of blocks him. But then, yeah. of course, she ends up falling for him. So, of course, they make out towards the end of the scene after after getting yelled at by the right. other passengers, like, can you guys shut the fuck up while we sleep? Jesus. Oh, God, now they're fucking. They're fucking in the plane. Gross. You know what else always upsets me watching old movies? See how big and comfortable those seats are? Oh. It's like you pieces of shit. It's like a giant lazy boy recliner on a plane. Right. Everybody's got a full-sized armrest. It's like, no. No, they, they ripped all that shit out. They're like, we can fit five chairs here. That's five more uh, five more plane tickets we can sell. Ugh. Maybe people didn't want to fly that much back then, so they're just like, yeah, fuck it. Trying to see it. I don't know what the deal is. I think they just invented better engines. And they were like, oh, these engines can handle more weight. And they were like, well, then screw it. Stick it in 35 more seats. (laughs) How tall is the average person? Four foot two? (laughs) Design it. Design it for Keebler elves. Everyone else will just have to make it work. Yeah, me and Amanda flew Allegiant last year to go to Vegas. And we're like, oh, it's like a three-hour flight. It's not that bad. Yeah, those seats were like the smallest seats I've ever seen. And then they're not made for tall people, so our knees were just like jammed into the seat in front of us the whole time. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, though. Allegiant's the cheapest-ass air flying tickets you can get. Yeah, I know. You don't get cheaper than that. Yeah, and that's that's very obvious. <laughs> It was fucking terrible. To the point that we were even just like, eh, next time let's pay a little bit more money and go to go to a different airline. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ. I'll tell you what the problem is, though. It's not like you're going to pay a little bit more. Just yeah. just upgrading to the next thing, which is like flying Delta and flying Delta shit. Mm-hmm. It's like five times as much. Yeah. Yeah. Flying blows. And it does. Unless you're super rich, and then apparently you get to fly on the in the first class area where everything's all nice. But I just drove nine hours from Tennessee last couple weeks ago. That wasn't very much fun either. So I don't know. Uh, I I don't mind driving long distances, but like driving through Tennessee, did you guys have to drive through like the Ozarks and stuff? Uh, no. I was going to say, once you're driving through the mountains and stuff where they have those uh, the roads that have like a 30% grade and stuff on them, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I, I feel, you feel like you're going to die every second. <laughs> every second you're like, any at any moment my car is going to break free of this road and I'm going to go careening down a mountain and die. <laughs> Jesus. No, it's pretty smooth driving. It's just it's fucking long, so I don't know. Maybe we should fly. Maybe we'll run into some Derpy vultures. <laughs> I like it. Scratch. Ah! <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can see how that would be a shield against stuff because that's horrible. I mean, if you imagine like that Jim Henson had a a 10 year old nephew who really wanted to like show Jim Henson that he could do something cool and he made a terrible vulture sock puppet. Mm hmm. That's that's what that's what it would turn out to be. And then he left it out in the sun, and somehow it melted, even though it's fabric. <laughs> right. Somehow it's got two eyes on one side of its head. <laughs> it reminded me of the gobbledygooker from WWF a long time ago. I see. I don't remember that one. Oh, 
it's when there was a giant egg and nobody knew what it was for. And then at Survivor Series, it, uh, it hatched and it was it's noted as one of the worst, one of the worst uh, uh, wrestling uh, angles ever. So, so a wrestler came out of the egg, I'm assuming? Yeah. But, I mean, it was dressed up as a weird turkey bird thing that didn't really do anything. Yeah. yeah. That is so bad I blocked it out. I don't recall <laughs> that ever happening. Oh, yeah. Me and Gene were standing outside the egg like, oh, it's hatching. It's hatching. What's uh, what's going to be inside? And it's like, oh, here you go. I'm just sent you, sending you a picture right now. So I don't even know if it actually wrestled or anything. It just... Appeared. <laughs> yeah. You know what the funny thing is? Uh, it, you're saying Mean Gene, so I'm assuming it was in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd almost assume if it was the 90s, I'd almost be like, it's Mick Foley. Mick Foley's in that turkey costume. <laughs> yeah, no. It was, I don't, yeah. And for some reason, here's a picture of the gobbledygooker posing with Donald Trump and Melania that's obviously been photoshopped. And it just says, uh, oh, it's from Kayfabe News, of course. It says Trump pardons gooker. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kayfabe. Uh, so overall, I guess, what, what, how do we feel about this movie? Uh, thumbs down. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 listen. It, there's a certain uh, amount of cheese you come to expect in a 1950s movie. In this one, actually, like it's just not good. Ouch. See, I didn't think it was super horrible. It wasn't the best, obviously, but just for like a cheesy black and white 50s movie, I didn't hate it. Yeah, like I said, I don't think it's I don't think it's like outright terrible. But it's only an hour and 12 minutes long, and it feels way too long. It does feel very long. There's lots of people sitting in a room saying, well, how are we going to handle this? And that's pretty much about it. Right. You know what would make it better? David Carradine. (laughs) Yeah? (laughs) Well, do you have a movie you can tell us about with David Carradine in it? Do cue the winged serpent, which I don't. It's pretty close to a remake of this movie in some ways. I mean, they've got a, off. it's got a similar plot to it, other than the fact that it's a demon dragon instead of uh, a space dragon. Mm. But same basic premise that it it's just roosting, laying eggs, kind of comes out of nowhere at the beginning of the movie and bites <laughs> dude's head off. Yeah, the perverted window washer as the lady inside calls him i mean i don't know he seems kind of harmless to me but she's like all pissed off like that dude keeps looking at me through the window while he's washing it yeah and basically it's uh we've got we've got a flying dragon thing that's attacking people we've also got a weird cultist running around murdering people Mm -hmm. uh and they cross paths with a, a low rent criminal and a cop played by david carradine who uh go to battle and try to take this thing out. And his partner, played by Richard Roundtree. Right, right, right. So you have Kane from Kung Fu and Shaft, basically trying to figure out what this thing is that's killing people. And it's it's a weird movie because it's got uh, all the, the groovy feel of a late 70s, early 80s kind of like cop exploitation movie. Mm-hmm. But the second you add the creature, the creature puts off a real Clash of the Titans vibe because of the, the stop motion they used for it. So it's a weird, it's a weird jumble of stuff. <laughs> it is. Now I was doing some I was reading some trivia. And apparently uh Larry Cohen was working on a movie called I the Jury, as in I as in myself, comma, the jury. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And apparently it was clashing with the producers and then got fired off that movie. But figured since he was in New York already, he didn't want to give up his hotel room. 
So he literally cobbled together a story in six days, and then they started filming it and somehow convinced David Carradine to come do it because they were friends. You know what the funny thing is? I don't think that's that hard. And then uh, they filmed it over like 10 days. And when the movies came out, uh, this movie made way more money than the other movie he had been working on. (laughs) It's awesome. In which I would say this is this is a weird one because mm-hmm. I know a lot of it seems like a lot of people have never seen this movie. Uh, first time watch for me, so yeah, and it's not like an unknown movie. It, no. it it didn't really flop or anything. No, like a middle of the road monster movie. Yeah, it is. It is funny how they because uh, they comment at some point that the creature is flying in line with the sun or something so that people don't see it when they look up because the sun's too bright. Some weird nonsense to wave away what that this thing's just flying around town in Manhattan and nobody seems to to notice a giant dragon thing in the sky. Yeah, that is a pretty hard uh, sell that people don't <laughs> see this thing. Not small. Yeah. But then, yeah, like the Michael Moriarty plays like the low time, the the low, low, uh, small time crook, and he stumbles upon its nest and stuff, and you kind of got that storyline going, and then you got the two cops, David Carradine and Richard Roundtree, uh, investigating these uh, ritualistic murders. Man, that stuff's pretty awesome. That stuff's pretty good. Uh, we see shots of some dude just using a knife to cut skin off of another dude's face. And yeah, then we that, see a whole, is... a whole body just completely skinned. Right. The, the effect of him cutting the skin off that guy's fa- face is, uh, gruesome. It's really good. Uh, which is weird when you compare it to the stop motion of the big dragon thing. You're like, yeah, he's in the same movie. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's the it's the biggest drawback of this movie because this is it's not a bad movie and it's fun and it's got a great crazy premise to it and uh, it's got a decent body count. Kind of has a, a Godzilla or not Godzilla, a King Kong esque ending to it. Mm-hmm. But the, the the big thing that fucks you up is it it's jumping between all these disparate things, and you're like, these two things should not be in the same movie. This is not the same movie. Uh, and then also, yeah, you got you throw in the POV shots of the the creature just flying around, and then we'll just swoop down to a rooftop and grab someone, <laughs> right? And you can tell they're like, oh, we. We need some more transition shots. So, uh, how about this chick goes up to uh, sunbathe on the roof? Uh, of course, she'll take her top off, and then uh, this thing will just swoop down and grab her. All right, sounds good. Uh, how about this? How about this construction guy? He's just walking by, and then shadow goes over him and gone. Sure. So why not? Sounds good. How about shafts up on the roof, and then we just see a big claw come into frame, <laughs> flies <laughs> off with him. <laughs> yeah it's uh all that stuff i thought was pretty awesome just the pov shots of the i mean we don't really see a whole lot just lots of screaming a giant shadow and then cut to like an empty chair with blood on it or whatever but i thought it was all done pretty well yeah i think my biggest my biggest complaint like i said besides the fact that the the stop motion is is weird in this particular movie but uh I think the design of the 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 dragon bird or whatever the fuck this mm-hmm. thing is, yeah, it's, it's, there's something off about it. I yeah. think it's the head. I think it needs like a bigger head and like teeth. Because it's just uh, it's like all neck. It just like the neck just goes and then sort of ends at a mouth. Right, and it's almost got like a like a turtle face. Yeah, sort of a snapping turtle beak on the end of it. Something yeah. about it. It's just not that freaky. Yeah. Could be better. Could be a lot worse. I do like the fact that, according to, uh, you know, once again, we're in the past and we're in 
uh, grimy mega New York where police officers can do whatever they want, including at the end, apparently murder a guy and then just leave the body there and just walk off. Because <laughs> that's kind of how this movie ends. But uh, <laughs> did you think it's weird that like, what kind of guns are those that they're carrying? Are those tech nines? Why does the entire New York police department have tech nines? Hey, the eighties were rough, man. I'm just saying you've got an entire police department all carrying fully automatic weapons. <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. And it's at the end of the movie, weird. I don't know if you know anything about bullet physics but bullets tend to like arc downward over time <laughs> and the higher up you are the further that bullet will go and it can still kill people for a long way <laughs> and the movie ends with them all at the highest point in that area unloading guns in every direction <laughs> so you're saying people on the streets ended up dying because of bullets just going through the air and then eventually falling and gaining velocity as they fell to earth yeah it's essentially <laughs> not just not just people on the ground because those would have hit buildings and <laughs> all sorts of stuff i don't the whole thing you're like what in the fuck are these doing nah the police chief signed off on this whole thing it'll be fine i really like the uh the bit where so the the criminal guy leads them up into the tower where this thing's nested and has an egg and he's trying to tell him to put like a tarp over it to piss the the mommy off to get her to come up, you know. Mm. And so they kill him. And instead, like David Carradine and like five other guys get up there and they're like, fuck this egg. <laughs> yeah, it might be something, you know, scientists want to take a look at. It's like, nope. Destroy the egg. Just shoot it up. Right. Oh, the, the baby, the baby's hatching and coming out. Yeah, just blow that up too. We don't shoot. need that. Yeah, shoot it in the head 350 times with fully automatic weapons. Because once again, they're all carrying <laughs> fully automatic weapons. The entire the entire movie. Like <laughs> Yeah, this isn't like a special circumstance. Just nope, my regular weapon is just an automatic weapon. I think my favorite part's the end of the movie where uh so so their cops are kind of popping out of pee-pee holes on this tower, shooting at the thing. And it's just kind of flying around, just killing them one at a time. <laughs> and it's not eating anybody. It's just kind of like knocking them off the building. And it's like, Hah! and then you see somebody go, ah! and then ah! <laughs> it happens like six times, I think. Yeah, I, uh, I was sitting there watching it. And then, you know, because they're unloading on this, on this creature. And then he hits a bunch of people or she, or whatever. Hits a bunch of people. They fly off. Keep shooting at it. You see more and more blood appear on the uh, monster. And then it just sort of lands on this pyramid-shaped building and then just falls off. And then the movie continues, so I'm just waiting. I'm like, okay, where's the uh, where's the scene where, you know, it's still alive, still terrorizing people? But nope, that's literally it. I'm just like, wait, what? It's it's like for real dead now. So it ended very abruptly for me. <laughs> I like the fact that like, so the, uh, the criminal basically what happens is af after the, uh, the death of the serpent, he's in his apartment and the crazy, uh, cult guy comes in and is trying to threaten him before he murders him. <laughs> and his big moment of growth in the mo movie is that he learns to just go, no, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, because he can't kill him until he says the prayer. And he's like, I'm not saying your damn prayer. He's like, fuck you. You can stab me in the neck right now, but I ain't doing it. Fuck you. <laughs> Which uh, we should mention. The reason this thing has come back to life is because this guy started making sacrifices to it or some mumbo jumbo to uh, yeah, something like explain that. it. Yeah, it's never very well dug yeah. into. And then... But the best part is, so he's threatening him. David Carradine's cop character shows up. I no explanation of how we knew where the fuck they were. Uh, he said they were checking all the Fleabag uh, hotels in town. I suppose. Comes through the door, shoots the guy, proceeds to have one of those weird 1980s things where 
you know, one bullet kills everybody except for that guy mm-hmm. who requires many, many bullets for some reason. And they think he's dead and he keeps getting up. Right. So, so David Carradine shoots this guy about 30 times, goes out <laughs> in the hallway, and he's like, all right, you can just leave the scene of this crime that just happened. And then switches the do not disturb sign so that the body will be found and just leaves. He's, he's cop. He could have just called the station and been like, oh, yeah, he had a knife to him and I shot him. <laughs> and instead, yeah. I think he just committed murder. Just murdered that guy. <laughs> yeah, he had it coming. <laughs> yeah, it is weird because it was totally like a good shooting. Like they could, he could have just called it in and uh, like told them, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like you said, he had a knife at the guy. So this was self defense. Nah. No. Shut the door, switch the thing from do not disturb to please clean my room early. And then go home, and I'm sure it'll be fine. So it was a first-time watch for you. What's the verdict? Yeah. Uh, could have used more grimy New York, because that's what I was really excited about. But, I mean, the fact that New York is grimy, I don't I don't know if that really lent to the story, I guess. But I just didn't see enough of it. So could have improved that. The uh, the sketchy uh, stop motion we had talked about. Could have I, been... I was going to say, one of the most surprising things for being grimy New York Almost every scene takes place during the daytime. Yeah. I mean, how often do you see that in movies from this period? Like, Not very often. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't bad. Uh, I didn't. I don't feel it was great. Could have been better. I actually enjoyed uh, The Giant Claw more than I did this movie. Really? Yeah. See, I find that hard to believe. This one's got such yeah. good... Uh, a few good, really bloody, gory bits that you're like, yeah. Yeah, some of that stuff was pretty good. Like I said, I, I feel like the monster attacking people on the rooftops was good. I enjoyed that. But, I don't know. The rest of it didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I think the occult the occult stuff's good, and the, the attacks from the winged creature are good. Mm. I think the problem is, is all the filler shit that they put in between. Yeah, yep. But I don't know, like, it's not like this is a slow movie, so I don't know how much you could take out, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's a matter of taking stuff out. It's just, you know, obviously it's a super low-budget movie, so filming people talking is the easiest thing to get on to get on film to fill out your hour and a half runtime. True. So, yeah, so I don't know. Well, and you've got another Larry Cohen film under the belt. Mm-hmm. Although Larry Cohen uh, said that he feels the uh, Godzilla remake of the 90s took a lot from this movie because he says the endings are very similar and even even confronted the uh, filmmakers, Roland Emmerich and uh, whatever that other dude, Dean Devlin, the one who produces all those movies with him. Right. He said he confronted them and they just took off running from him. He said he didn't care. He wasn't going to sue him or nothing, but he just wanted to talk to him about it. And apparently they did not want to talk to him about it. Because, huh. <laughs> of yeah. course, the big the big twist at the end after they killed the monster is there was a separate nest somewhere else that has another egg in it. Da, da, da. And we never got a sequel. Right. I think I'm trying to think. I'm pretty close to closing out Cohen, I think. I think I've seen almost yeah. all of his movies. Hmm. What am I missing? I don't know. I haven't seen very much, so... Like I haven't, I haven't seen special effects yet, and I don't think I've ever seen Deadly Illusion. Yeah, I need to sit down and watch the uh, King Cohen documentary that's on Shutter. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod, or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Hey guys, this is Eric in Ann Arbor. I decided to take Brian's advice and try and get a Gmail account for feedback specifically for your show, so I tried to grab the email address 
Eric's separate email for sending feedback to the Midnight Drive-In Podcast because fuck Google at gmail.com. And apparently that's too long. So not only are they persecuting me for using a different email service, but they're trampling my First Amendment rights for free speech for not allowing me to have the email address that truly reflects how I feel. So I, I'm trying a slightly truncated version of that. We'll see if it works. It gets past their bullshit spam filter so you can actually see my emails in your inbox. So, uh, I wanted to say that uh, uh, in regards to uh, Noah's comments about child's play, I too uh, had quite the emotional roller coaster uh, of involving the actor that was not Jack Black, but looked like Jack Black, and you thought he was Jack Black, then you realized he wasn't Jack Black, and it was all very upsetting. Um, so, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you, buddy. Um, However, now that we've bonded over that, I got to call you out on some bullshit you put forth in this last episode. Um, you were talking about tubes and how uh, the tubes in a guitar amplifier uh, have enough power in them to kill you. And how even if they've been sitting around forever, they will still kill you if you touch them. That is yeah, 100% absolutely completely not true in any way, shape, or form. Um, I can state this confidently because I own a tube amp for my guitar and, uh, just changed the tubes a couple months ago. So there's eight tubes in the amps. I pulled out the old ones and put in the new ones as total of 16 of those things that I touched and I did not die. Um, so, I mean, you can, uh, if you touch them while the amp is on, uh, you can burn the shit out of yourself for sure. If you choose to touch something that's glowing like a toaster element, you're you're kind of getting what you deserve. But uh, in regards to the other kind of tube, the TV tube, the CRT monitor tube, you're absolutely correct. Those things are dangerous as hell. Um, I used to work at a computer repair shop back in the 90s. And um, there is a law in Michigan that whenever you dispose of a monitor, whether it's working or not, you have to discharge that CRT uh, so that nobody gets electrocuted by accident if they find it later in a landfill or something. Uh, and it is, it is a very dangerous procedure to do. In fact, the uh, woman that owned the shop insisted on doing it herself uh, for years because it was so dangerous that she wouldn't be able to handle it if something bad happened to somebody else. So she always took the risk upon herself to discharge those things because if you screw it up, yeah, you're dialing 911 uh, and maybe dying. <laughs> so, uh, in summary, uh, CRT tubes, dangerous. Guitar amp tubes, not as much as long as you use common sense. So, I just wanted to call that out. Uh, also, I was wondering if any of you had seen the new Ari Aster movie, Midsummer. Uh, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, I have seen it. I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about it. Uh, I think it was well made. The filmmaking craft is solid. As far as the story itself, I'm still a little bit... Uh, I'm, I'm sorting through some stuff. <laughs> so I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that if you've seen that movie. Anyway, enjoy the show, guys. Keep up the great work. So Noah, Eric is calling you out for being a big fat liar. Yeah, so I posted a... <laughs> a retraction to the Facebook page <laughs> after I got this email, because he was literally like the fourth person to say that I misspoke. I was talking about guitar tube amplifiers, but the charges in the capacitors, not in the tubes. If you touch a capacitor and another piece of metal, it can arc across your heart and kill you. Well, that sounds like fun. Right. So that's a good reason to never play guitar. Mm, I don't. I think you can play guitar without jamming your hand inside nope. of an amplifier. There's always a chance. You don't want to take that chance. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure how you do like an E fifth major chord that might involve jamming your hand into the amplifier. I don't even know how to how to play that chord. So for all I know, it's jamming your hand into an amplifier. Right. Uh, Midsummer. I haven't seen it. Have yet. It's on my list to see but since i was sort of busy for a couple weeks i missed a lot of stuff at the theater that i did want to see so it's all it's all backed up so i need to get to the theater over the next couple weeks yeah there's still a couple things i want to go see but 
Well, speaking of seeing things, did you watch anything since last week? Uh, I've watched a little bit. Uh, I've watched the first few episodes of Jessica Jones season three. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't had a chance to sit down and watch it yet. Me neither. So far, it's not bad. I don't think it's as good. Yeah. I think uh, I think by the time they were shooting this, they had already started seeing the writing on the wall that they weren't renewing them, so they were just like, me. We'll just wrap it up. Uh, so that I'm not I'm not all the way through it yet. the The bad guy seems pretty interesting. They almost went with like this Dextery serial killer guy, which was a nice little change of pace. Yeah. I don't I don't like the fact that it, in the first episode something happens and basically they're dealing with Jessica having PTSD from getting attacked again. And it's yeah, like that's a little that's a little old. Yeah, I was like, so we've already got that. That's already a thing. You don't need to do that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I watched Wine Country. Okay. It's the yeah, I know what it is. Yeah, Netflix comedy movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally not my type of movie, but it had a whole lot of funny people in it. People that I consider to be really, really fucking funny. So I was yeah. like, okay, well... We'll watch this. Maybe it'll make up for some of these other uh, all-female cast comedy movies that they keep trying to jam down my throat that have fucking people that I hate in them. <laughs> yeah. Fucking look at look at you, Melissa McCarthy. Fuck you. Oh, I fucking, like Melissa McCarthy. She's not funny. I don't. No. I don't understand what anybody sees in her. She's bland and dumb, and I just don't. Ouch. Yeah. She's awful. But this was really funny. It was uh, it was pretty good. I mean, it's your typical movie like that. It's a bunch of people who were friends whenever they were younger getting together and staying at like an Airbnb for a weekend to celebrate one of their 50th birthday. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, it's them, you know, unloading all their shit on each other and all the resentments and all that kind of stuff that comes with that kind of trip. All those fun, fun trips. Right. But all in all, it's it's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh it gets it gets a little wonky whenever they're trying to do the serious bit in the middle. Mm. But besides that, it's pretty hilarious. There's yeah, it's in my list, but uh I'm not like jumping at the bit to to watch it. Yeah, it's funny. I would say it's one of those ones if you're just looking for something funny to like sit down and chill and watch. It's pretty good. There's there's our on-running joke about there's a guy in the house that's making everyone paella, and it takes him like two days to make the paella for some reason. <laughs> and it's, you know, paella is made out of seafood, so he has the seafood like sitting out <laughs> at room temperature, and you're like, ah. Uh. And then he's like, it's going to be ready in like two hours. And then the next morning, he's like, it's only going to be three more hours, guys. <laughs> It's like I didn't eat paella that bad, right? But like I said, it's funny. It's worth a watch if that's what you're you're in the mood for. Yeah. What'd you watch? Oh, that's all you watched. Jesus. That's that's it. I I did not have a lot of time. Well, we watched Stranger Things. Uh, I haven't I haven't finished it yet. I'm about yeah. three quarters of the way through. Yeah, I mean it's good. It's it's Stranger Things. Some people are saying it's the best season ever. I don't know if I agree with that, but yeah. It's more. It's more of Stranger Things. So my my complaint from my complaint from season two stands. The Demi Gorgon, the original Demi Gorgon from mm-hmm. season one, that is such a great, cool fucking monster. Yeah. And the fact that after the first season they basically just fucking dropped it and have not like used it again is is just complete fucking ignorance. I don't. <laughs> I can't fathom it. Like in trading it out, they, they I, I liked season two a lot, uh, mm-hmm. but you know they really uh, trimmers tooted it up. Sure, we'll and with the demo, demo dogs. Yeah, yeah. Switching the great, great, awesome thing, the demi gorgon with the weird little, you know, demi dogs, mm-hmm. which are not as good. Yeah, like I just don't. <laughs> 
And then this one, they're like, new monster. And it's like, no, new monster, like new monster, really cool. <laughs> but come on, Demi Gorgon, bring it back. Yeah. Yeah, the mind flare has some good moments towards the end of the season. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. You may be happy with the very end of the show. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, they're saying season four is the end. Yeah, I've I'd heard that before that Duffer Brothers had said like maybe there's definitely four seasons, maybe a fifth season if they came up with another good story to kind of throw in the middle there. But yeah, all I want it's it's such a good show and I really enjoy it. And all I want is a final fucking episode. I want it to end. There to be an ending. Oh yeah, it seems like they have an ending in mind, and I mean, as good as the uh i don't know what do you call them ratings or whatever is for the show right uh yeah netflix is definitely gonna let them let them wrap up whatever they need to wrap up which is good i'd be interested in seeing what their next project's gonna be i don't know um (laughs) one post i did see had a picture of uh uh steve and robin in their scoops ahoy outfits (laughs) <laughs> and it said if this is not like if this is not like a big hit on the cosplay scene next year everybody has failed <laughs> which I would, I would i would love to go to a convention and just see scoops ahoy outfits like everywhere who do you work for i work for scoops ahoy <laughs> i am a fully grown man <laughs> scoops ice cream for children <laughs> uh I gotta say, Steve maybe has the biggest turnaround ever. Hate him, complete dick in season one. A badass babysitter by the end of season two. And I was like, oh, are we gonna spend like the entire season of him at Scoops Ahoy? That's kind of dumb. By the end, love the fact that we spent all of our time with him at Scoops Ahoy. So. Right. <laughs> I, uh, I thought they killed Billy at the end of that, uh, one of the early episodes so i was like what the fuck <laughs> was not expecting that <laughs> yeah so season three big fan can't wait to see what season four brings ends in a very interesting way that i'm curious to see how they resolve it next season um so i watched uh, batman versus teenage Mutant ninja turtles nice uh which i thought was fantastic I feel like I feel like this is just one of those things for people our age that grew up watching, you know, the cartoons and having all the toys or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I'm playing with my toys and Batman is fighting the Ninja Turtles. Like that's just how shit works. And now we actually get to see like a movie where that actually happens. It's a weird mix seeing how they were originally supposed to be Marvel characters. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we get to see a full-on martial arts fight between Batman and Shredder, which is pretty awesome. And Shredder kind of beats the shit out of Batman at first, um, to the point that Batman's coughing up blood. So it's just like, ah, oh, fuck! Like this is this is pretty fantastic. I just tell me that there's a scene where the Ninja Turtles are in the Batcave, and Donatello says, "Here, I can help. I do machines." And Batman's like, "What does that even mean?" Uh, you will have to watch and find out because you may, you may get what you want. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's not that exactly, but <laughs> the phrase Donatello does machines does appear in this movie. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. It's it's uh, Rajagul and Shredder team up to. Um, they're basically going to drop mutagen on the entirety of Gotham City. So, of course, the League of Shadows, or the League of Assassins, or whatever the fuck it's called, actually called. Because in the Arrowverse, it's it's like something else, and it's completely messed up. No, it was in the Batman movies, where it was called League of Shadows. That's what it was. It then permanently fucked it up, so now I couldn't remember which one was the right one, which one was the bad one. Um, but yeah, the League of Assassins and the Foot Clan like teaming up. It's like, well, that's perfect. And I wouldn't have thought of that. So just shit tons of ninjas everywhere, led by Rajagul and Shredder. Did they go with 
real ninjas or robot ninjas? Real ninjas. And real ninjas, and some of them are killed on screen. So they do not hold back violence in this movie. Going with the old school turtles. Yeah. I was kind of surprised. I was like, holy shit. Like, man, they're just going all out. But yeah, highly enjoyable. I thought it was fantastic. So definitely worth a uh, worth a watch. There is a, uh, a part where um, Batman and the Turtles have to go into Arkham because a lot of the inmates have, have escaped their cells and have been transformed by mutagen. So you get to see what some of Batman's rogues gallery would look like mutated. And of course they all have to fight him. It's pretty fantastic. Do they do a hyena reference? Cause that would be really cool. Sort of for one specific character. It'd be Joker. They were doing a hyena. Well, reference. It's not Joker, but do they do it with Harley? That'd be weird. Maybe. Nice. I mean, she's definitely a canine of some sort. They don't specifically say like hyena. I'm like, I, they should have went full hyena, in, in my opinion. But yeah. I don't know how the. See, I I think they could get in trouble because I don't know how the rights for a Malcolm work. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah. I, like I didn't read the comic series it's based off of, but. Uh, I was definitely very happy with this, so definitely worth a watch. Uh, and then the last thing I watched, me and Amanda went to the theater. We saw Annabelle Comes Home. I'm a big fan of the Conjuring Universe movies, but the first Annabelle I thought was pretty terrible. And then somehow it was redeemed with the second Annabelle movie, which was the prequel. So I was curious to see how this one would go. And it's almost like Conjuring 2.5. Because the whole thing takes place uh, in the Warren's home after Annabelle's already been placed in her cabinet or whatever. Um, and so, essentially, the Warrens go out of town. They, they have a babysitter stay overnight with her daughter. And, of course, her dumb friend comes over and fucks everything up by accidentally letting Annabelle out of the case. Um and that causes pretty much like complete chaos in their house sort of they they mentioned that the doll is like a beacon for spirits so which is why i had to be locked up anyway so pretty much it activates like everything that's in the warren's museum or whatever the fuck you want to call it where all the shit's locked up so shit just goes crazy in the house um i enjoyed it you kind of get like a lot of different spirits because you know like the the uh, conjuring movies usually focus on one specific thing for each movie and this you get like a ton of them since they're dealing with all the artifacts in the in a locked room so i enjoyed it the i would say the main downfall of the movie is you know exactly how to defeat everything because it's literally, well, Annabelle's causing all this, so we just have to get her locked up again. And that's, like, the forward motion of the story. So that kind of is anticlimactic, but I think all the visuals are pretty good. And I enjoyed all that stuff, so. So, uh, worth a watch for me. I will probably do continue to not watch any of them. No. Oh. I... I have a vendetta against anything that involves the Warrens. Fuck. Yeah, them. I know. They're, they're hucksters. And in the fact that they get to make money off of anything, they should just rot in their graves and uh, fuck, fuck them and fuck their whole family. Ouch. I'm going to say they're both dead now. So, yeah. But their kids probably still make money. So, fuck yeah, them too. Maybe. So, yeah. Not a big, not a big fan of commerce. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. You want to tell us what we're doing next week? Uh, next week we are going to uh, uh, attempt to bring Rip Torn back by watching him throw a child into a fire pit. <laughs> so we're going to do Beastmaster and then another Mark Singer movie called Lancelot Guardian of Time, which just sounds like it is going to be 
high quality. <laughs> oh, by high quality, I think, I'm assuming you mean hot garbage. Right. And the best <laughs> news is that's I think that's a first time watch for everybody. Nobody's seen this one, so I'm assuming no. we've all seen Beastmaster. If Doug hasn't seen Beastmaster. Like if Doug hasn't seen Beastmaster, he doesn't belong on the show. Right. Like the Canadian school system has failed him. Yeah. It should be something. You learn your ABCs, like you learn your home address, and then they show you Beastmaster. That's, that's the way education should work. It's like, how have you not seen this 500 times? This is Mark Singer. His career goes nowhere, but this movie's awesome. And then they made the sequel. Ooh. And it was not good. And then they made a third one. Ooh. And that one was even worse. And they made a TV series. Made a TV series where he wasn't the lead, and it wasn't as bad as the two movies, but it still wasn't good. Weird. The weird magic stick sword thing fucked that show up. It was weird. Yeah. Looked like he was carrying around a candy cane most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, so I've seen this movie like a billion times, but the interesting thing we'll see, as I'll talk about next week, I never knew there was nudity in this movie until like 10 years ago. Oh, because you kept seeing it on TV, right? Yeah, I kept seeing it on TBS. Yeah, TBS. TBS used to play <laughs> Beastmaster four times a week. There's no way they didn't. Yeah, uh, uh, TBS stood for the Beastmaster station. <laughs> so, I mean, I saw it a billion times on there. I had no idea there was even nudity in it until I, I bought the, the, the DVD. And then I watched it, and I was like, holy shit, there's boobs in this movie? And then enjoyed it even more. I know, I know as far as my my obsession with uh D and D esque stuff, this was one of the formidable ones. It was like <laughs> Beastmaster and uh Conan and Red Sonia and Kroll. Uh this movie made me want to have a ferret, which I did uh, realize at some point. Right. Right. And until you find out that like ferrets are actually kinda of, like shitty pets. <laughs> They're not great. They're fun. They're hilarious. But man, taking care of them is a giant pain in the ass. Yeah, it's like all of the bad things about cats, plus they smell worse. Yeah. So, yeah, I had one for a while, and then didn't have one. But uh, do you enjoy going to a pet store where they have ferrets and playing with them for like 10 minutes? Right. And then I've got my fill and do not need to worry about ever owning a ferret ever again. I just like watching them do the crazy sideways jump thing that they do when they're excited. They're like, Oh, that's always great. Yeah, they're like wobbly. They're a strange animal. <laughs> uh, but I did name my first ferret Kodo in honor of the uh, one of the ferrets from the movie. Nice. Yeah, but yeah, they... They're a pain to take care of. You gotta bathe them at least every week. They just like to back up and poop in corners. Yeah, not fun. Not nearly as fun. You think, oh, I'm gonna have a ferret and I can, I can lower it into, to, wells or something, and they'll steal keys. And no, it's not nearly as fun. Well, the good news is it's it's true that they will steal your keys. <laughs> they just. They just won't bring them to you. They'll go no. stash them somewhere, and you will never find them. No, I found uh, the TV remote once. We figured out where his, his the place where he liked to stash stuff was. And so I'm like, I can't find the TV remote. Sure enough, looked in his the place where he stashed his stuff, and there it was with, like, four other things I didn't even realize were missing. Right. I was like, you son of a bitch. One of my friends in high school uh, had a pet ferret, and his pet ferret stole his dad's five hundred dollar gold watch, Ouch. and hid it and hid it in the couch, and they couldn't find it for like a month. Oh, Jesus! I'm sure, his dad was real happy. Oh well, the funny thing is they didn't know it was the ferret, so the dad was all mad because he thought one of his like one of his kids' friends stole his five hundred dollar watch. We were all like, "No, we didn't." Who would steal your watch? We're like eleven. You know? <laughs> so what for Pokemon cards? I know you did. Yeah, I was like, what are we gonna do? Go to a pawn shop? That wouldn't be fucking suspicious. Hey, <laughs> I want a Nintendo. 
Dude, we could have all the Nintendos if we sell this watch. I want an Atari and I want five copies of E.T. No. I've heard it's going to be no. great. No. Why would you wish that upon anybody? I Because I had an Atari. And <laughs> I, uh, I had E.T. It's a really so, bad game. So did I. I had both as well. But still, why would you wish that upon anybody? Well, in, in, in that particular scenario, because they're watch thieves. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.